It's Angela Yee, and I love to travel. My friends in the U.S. Virgin Islands and I are inviting you to experience their beautiful islands of St. Thomas, St. Croix, and St. John. USVI is literally one of my favorite places. If you're traveling from the U.S., no passport is required, making travel hassle-free. I love the food, the people, the culture, and the beaches. Gorgeous. Add USVI to your vacation list by heading to visitusvi.com. That's visitusvi.com. USVI naturally in rhythm. Hey, ladies, it's Angela Yee. As women, we put our hearts into everything. May is High Blood Pressure Education Month, and it's time to focus on our heart health. Release the Pressure wants to help black women look at self-care as an act of self-preservation. During High Blood Pressure Education Month, let's help get to our goal of 100,000 black women putting their hearts first and learn more about their heart health. Visit iHeartRadio.com slash RTP for official rules and a chance to receive a $1,000 gift card to take care of yourself and prioritize your heart health. That's iHeartRadio.com slash RTP. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. What's up? It's Way Up with Angela Yee. I'm Angela Yee, and I'm here with my Wealth Wednesday partner, Stacey Tisdale. Happy Wealth Wednesday, everybody. We are closing in on year end. I think this is episode 48. Oh, wow. <laughs> Wealth Wednesday for you know, the year. Yeah, this show has, um, we started in February, so yeah. that makes so sense. Almost yeah, Almost. So we're very excited. So for this very special occasion, we had to have a very special Guest, and well, we have honored. George Archampong. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Glad to be here. Honored to be here. Thank you guys for having me. And we, he got us smelling good with his Equity by Melanin Money um, unisex fragrance. Unisex fragrance. Yes. So for the, for the guys and the girls. George is going to teach us a lot about investing and making money, but we have established that if you're going to ask people for money, you got to smell good. (laughs) So we'll get to that for sure. But um, you are a big deal. You're the co-founder of Melanin Money. Mm Mm-hmm. And Melinda Money has an incredible mission, which you're going to tell us all about. Mm-hmm. You're also the founder of Capitalize, 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 mm-hmm. which is a financial advisory and investment firm. Mm-hmm. But you were named by Forbes as financial advisors to watch in 2023. Mm-hmm. You have all sorts of stuff going on, and I know mm-hmm. you just had your the first annual Melinda Money Award. Yes, Woo-hoo. yes, yes. <laughs> exciting stuff. Exciting stuff. So now I. We just had it. It was great. Um, our overall mission as a company is to help 100,000 people of color achieve their first $1 million in net worth mm-hmm. so we can decrease the wealth gap by $100 billion. Wow. How long that's going to take us? I don't know, 10, 15 years, but we're committed to the mission. Right. And, um, yeah, so we had a – the purpose of the award show is to – like, I feel like a lot of people haven't gotten celebrated since they left high school, right, or uh, unless they went to college. And so when you make that contribution to your Roth IRA, nothing happens. No one claps for you, right? So I think if we want to see more people build wealth, we need to incentivize them. We need to celebrate them. And so every year we're going to be uh, showcasing the milestone. So this year we announced that our community um, has already co- collectively accumulated over $60 million in new net worth just nice. this year alone. So that's wow. excited. That's amazing. Yeah. I want to ask you this as we're thinking about the future as a, mm-hmm. as a financial advisor, because yeah. I tell people all the time, you know, that you need to get with the financial advisor. My yeah. friends will ask me, I'm like, you need a financial advisor. I don't <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) want (laughs) to but 
Um, one thing I want to ask you about is people are talking about 2024. Mm-hmm. And so do we look at this now as a time of great opportunity? How do we know what's going to happen? There's a lot of people who are really frantic with concern yeah. about will I be able to afford or is this the perfect time? Is there going to be a crash? Is, is it a depression? Yeah. And I know nobody knows 100% the answer, but right. what do you feel like or what from based on numbers and predictions, what do you see 2024 uh, as an opportunity for? Yeah, I think... Um, First and foremost, everybody needs to do an audit of what they're doing currently, right? Because I feel like you can't determine where you want to go if you don't know where you are. And so once you do an audit, kind of look at your your spending, your track record, what you've done, that's going to let you know what available assets or cash flow you have to take advantage of opportunities, right? Um, what I think, we are going to see housing prices actually probably go up a little bit mm-hmm. um, in 2024 because we expect rates to go down. And so that's going to increase uh, the demand, Right. Um, in terms of people wanting to get back into the housing market. Yeah, there's a lot of people wanting to buy and not enough inventory right now. Not enough now. inventory, right. So that's going to that's gonna <laughs> further exacerbate the demand issue, which I think is going to drive prices up. But what we, what, we, what we can find is that if you have the opportunity before rates continue to go, uh, to go down is to go ahead and buy, even if it seems like, man, this is a little bit more expensive than I normally would, would get, it's only going to go up, right? So as long as it's within your budget, right? Now, I'm not telling you to buy something that's out of your budget, but as long as it's within the realm of your budget, even if it's slightly close to the top, I would still advise if getting a house is something that you want to do, to go ahead and do that. It'll be too competitive. It'll be way too competitive. Rates are going to go down. Housing prices are going to go up. Supply is already still low. Um, But at the same token, when you do that audit, if your numbers tell you that regardless of what the rates are doing, regardless of what the market is doing right now, maybe buying a house at this moment isn't for me. You just have to base it off of where you are, right? As far as there being a crash or, I mean, the the stock market and the markets in general, I would say by and large are rigged to stay up, right? So it's like, I think that you can't win the game if you're not in the game, Mm -hmm. right? So can we predict if somebody makes an investment in the stock market or real estate at the top of the year, if the market is going to crash? Everybody thought that in 2023, right? right? And one of my portfolios is up almost 70% on the long term. So it's like, why would I not be in the game, especially if I know I'm going to be there for, for an extended period of time? You might see ebbs and flows in 2020, 2024, but if you plan to own for, for the foreseeable future, I recommend staying in the game. Something that we had talked about is we're very, it's really exciting how many more blacks and people in our community mm-hmm. are into wealth building and stock yep. market investing. Mm-hmm. It's a little different for us because yeah. a lot of those people are first generation mm-hmm. wealth. They've, um, a lot of them are new to investing, so mm-hmm. they've never seen a, a down market before. Yeah. And just to back up and give everybody a little bit of economics 101, mm-hmm. I got really frustrated last year when yeah. I was hearing everybody talk about there's going to be a recession, there's going to yeah. be a this, there's going to be yeah. that. Yeah. When we weren't even, if they had, people had the track record mm-hmm. and had been in the markets for decades and mm-hmm. seen that this that was just not happening. Right. And we, as a country, we've gotten used to really cheap money mm-hmm. over the past for couple a very of years. Long time. And for we just had this little blip and it's getting cheap again. Mm-hmm. So how do you, a lot of what you and Angela were touching on is that whole stock markets out here. A lot of us seem to think we need to be rich and have those assets to have a financial advisor. How do you work around that? Well, it's almost like this. If you were learning how to drive, or if somebody's going to gift you a a Mercedes, right? Would you want to learn how to drive the car before you got it or after you got it? You probably want to learn how to drive before you got it, right? Yeah. So it's the same thing. People are like, well, I'll wait till I get money before I learn how to invest. That's just, that doesn't make any sense, right? Because you want to understand the fundamentals and also have to understand that you are who you are. So if you're not a good steward over $100, you're not going to be a good steward over $1,000. you are not going to be a good steward <laughs> over $100. Isn't, money is just the amplifier, right? And so people need to get a plan in place so that 
when the money starts to come, they actually know what to do with it. I think one of the biggest issues we see is there are some people who get windfalls of money, and the reason why it's just sitting in the bank because they don't know what to do with it. And I feel right. like that's almost just as bad as not having it at all. Right? You actually have the opportunity to do something with it, but you're on the sidelines because you don't know what to do. Right. So I think that regardless of where you are in your journey, because it doesn't have to be some advisors, you know, have minimums of you can only work with them. If they have a quarter million. But there's plenty of advisors and plenty of educational ecosystems that you can tap into uh, to be able to get some type of plan in place because you want to have that plan established before the money comes or as you're getting started so that you can establish that foundation. For people who are looking for a financial advisor, what are some things that they should look for as they're doing their research? That's a great question. Now, one that's not asked enough, quite frankly. Um, number one, are they a fiduciary? And all that means is do they have a legal obligation to do what's in your best interest, right? So that's, how, that's what I am. You can Google me. You can look me up. Like, I have to do what's in my client's best interest because some advisors operate from a suitability clause, meaning like, well, you had your money in the bank account that was earning 0.01 interest, and now it's in a CD and it's earning 2%. So technically that puts you in a better situation than it was before, but not the best outcome, okay. right? So asking, are they a fiduciary is the first thing. And you can verify this. You can look up, look their name up on the SEC website and all that kind of stuff. Number two, you want to ask them situational-based questions to see how they respond, right? If they give you cookie-cutter answers like, oh, just uh, uh, only invest in S&P 500 when you know that you've seen other ways to invest and get higher yields, it's like, okay, well, I understand that that's something that I could do if I didn't have an advisor, but what would you mm -hmm. do as my advisor? If they can't give you an answer beyond what you can Google, um, then that lets you know that they're probably not going, either they don't know what they're talking about or they're going to just put you in a cookie cutter solution. Exactly. Right. And so those are the top two questions is being able to ask them like situational specific questions about what would they do in this scenario and then finding out if they're actually a fiduciary, which means they have a legal obligation to do what's in your best interest. Let's say somebody's goal is to buy their first house since we mm -hmm. were just talking about real estate. Yep. What are some things that you would tell them to do to get ready for that? That's a great question. Um, the first thing I would do is I would make sure that you have done an evaluation of your credit because naturally you're probably not going to buy the house cash, mm -hmm. right? So, make it, so <laughs> unless great. you got it like well, that. It depends on where, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it depends yeah, on where, right? Yeah. People are buying, yeah, yeah, it buying houses with yeah. cash. Like, I guess like in the, mid, in the yeah. Midwest yeah. Yeah. places <laughs> like that, yeah. But if you aren't buying the house ca cash, then you probably want to make sure that your credit is in a, in a decent place, right? Um, then you want to make sure that you know your own personal debt-to-income ratio because the bank will tell you, like, you can afford this, when you think about the expenses and other things that you're responsible for, you want to predetermine how much house you feel comfortable That's how spending. a lot of people got in trouble. Yeah. And with housing, yeah. you, uh, just a good rule of thumb is you should never spend more than 30% exactly of your yeah. after- Hundred tax income on your on any housing expenses. Yeah, because they'll tell you the bank will tell you you know mm -hmm. that you can afford more, but it might not make sense for you, right? Yeah. So making sure that you predetermine uh, what your debt to ideal debt to income ratio is, and then also think about the other things, right? Like you're probably going to get some new furniture, so like factor in the full budget yeah. of like what is it that I need to do? Because some people feel like <laughs> oh, it's just the house. It's just, no, it's not the it's house. A whole lot of things. It's the you cost to, of ownership, yeah. <laughs> right? So just really do that analysis, do that budget to figure out like what makes sense for you. Um, to make sure that you understand that you don't get too much house and now it's like I can't do anything and I can't travel like we talked about offline right. because I don't have any extra resources. What are some options for people who need access to cash now? Like let's just say you did get yourself in a situation mm -hmm. where you made that type of investment into a house but now yeah. I've run out of money. Yeah. Right? And so there's a lot of different options that people have mm -hmm. as far as accessing a line of credit or mm -hmm. what are some things that people can do if they find themselves in a situation where man, I've run out of money and I have to be able to pay my contractor or I have to be able yeah. to pay for this uh, new windows that are yeah. getting delivered. 100%. Like, if you have 
decent credit, right, then you can typically, you know, especially if you have a banking relationship with your bank, you can access, you know, different lines of credit or credit cards to be able to subsidize. Um, or maybe slightly more abstract answer, if someone is a working professional is looking for to bring additional income into the household, I always tell people, even if you don't know anything about entrepreneurship, you, there's millions to be made in the middle. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that, the whole economy is set up off this premise. There's a buyer, a builder, and a broker. Someone who makes something, someone who wants to buy it, and a person or something in the middle that connects both people. So even if you don't know much about entrepreneurship, you can find a sweet spot to where, hey, look, I know somebody who wants this, right? I know somebody who can make this, and how can I connect both people to be able to extract some income and some resources from that? So I think I would encourage people to look into things like even social media management, right, or content creation. You can get people on Fiverr to create short reels and clips for everybody. Everybody's into content creation now. Get it done on Fiverr for 20 bucks and then charge the person $500, right? Mm-hmm. And you don't have to be the creator. So just finding those ways where it's like, how can I be creative in making money so that I don't even have to leverage credit if I don't want to? How did you get into all this? You're a black financial mm-hmm. advisor, yeah. licensed, everything. It's yeah. not an easy thing to be. Yeah. I'll try to give you the short answer. <laughs> um, so I grew up, like many people, um, not knowing about money. And so I went when I went to college, I got a double major in marketing and economics. I had no intention of leveraging the economics degree for a career. I just wanted to understand money and help my family. Um, I graduated in 09. If anybody knew what the economy looked like in 09, there were no marketing jobs available in 09. Any jobs. Um, <laughs> but in the finance space, because everybody was getting laid off because they caused the crash, um, <laughs> they were like, hey, we got some openings over here. I thought it was a job, but it was really 100% commission um, job, right? So I had to like essentially eat what I killed. But I thought I was about to get a paycheck. Mm-hmm. Two weeks roll around, I was like, I didn't get a check. I was like, oh, you, do, you don't get a check until you bring in clients. I was like, oh. Um, <laughs> yeah. No lose situation for them. <laughs> yeah. So I got in and, and then I was, the company I was working for, they told me to do this exercise called Project 200. And basically it's like list out 200 people that you would want to trade paychecks with, people who have a lot of money, people who have this amount of investable assets. And I couldn't think of like two. Hey, ladies, it's Angela Yee. May is High Blood Pressure Education Month. It's crucial for us, especially as black women, to focus on our heart health. We pour our heart and soul into every aspect of our lives, but often our own health takes a back seat. That's where Release the Pressure comes in. It's all about us, black women, seeing self-care as an essential act of self-preservation. Whether it's for yourself, your family, or our community, your health is invaluable. Let's help get to our goal of 100,000 black women putting their hearts first and learn more about their heart health. Here's how you can join in. Head on over to iHeartRadio.com slash RTP for official rules and a chance to receive a $1,000 gift card to take care of yourself and prioritize your heart health. Let's make our health a priority. Visit iHeartRadio.com slash RTP today. Together, we can make a difference in our health and our lives. Join us and let's take care of our hearts together. What's up? It's Angela Yee. And if you know me, you know I have several businesses. Well, one of them had closed down for a little while, but we just reopened it. And that is my juice bar. It's called Nourish Spot BK. And as soon as we reopened, we were really on the clock to find people who can make juices, sandwiches, acai bowls. When you want the best, you have to act quickly or someone else will get it instead. It's like if you're hiring for your business, you want to find the most talented people for your open roles before the competition scoops them up. So what's the best way? way to do that? ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter finds qualified candidates fast. And right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash way up. Maybe you see the perfect candidate. Well, ZipRecruiter's invite to apply feature lets you cut the line. 
You can invite your top choices to apply, and you can even encourage them to apply sooner. Amp up your hiring performance with ZipRecruiter and find the best fast. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address right now to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash way up. Once again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash way up. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your host of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. <laughs> oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. So I was like, oh, okay, well, it seems like Wealth management is not made for people to look like us, but I knew that couldn't be true. So I was like, how can I create a path to where I can educate and serve and meet people where they are? And so I then left that firm and ultimately started my own firm. Um, And then from there, I started a firm that allowed people to realize that wealth can look like them too. And so I didn't focus on the asset side originally. I focused on people who made a decent living and had a little bit of a surplus and could start investing and start building wealth versus focus on people who already had the money. And then from there, that just continued to grow and then ultimately into what I have now with the Melanin Money ecosystem as well. Uh, tell us about f- Melanin Money ecosystem in just a second. But first, yeah. this guy's investment portfolio, he was <laughs> just saying he works with people who have a little bit to spend. He's outpaced Warren Buffett. I mean, that's why yeah. he's getting all this attention from Forbes and everything. You are the yeah. real the real deal, Thank Mr. You. Which is Mom. always important to make sure that... Yeah, yeah it's, a lot, of, it's a lot of funny business, that. especially the, over the past like three years. It's been it's been interesting. Um, <laughs> how do you, What do you tell people? Like, how yeah. do they... There's so many coaches and so yeah. many influencers. Mm-hmm. How do they weed out those that don't have the track record and should not be giving out financial advice? Yeah, I, th- I think it's, it's rooted in due diligence, right? It's like, I mean, the internet is great. Well, the internet is a gift and a curse, right? In a sense that... Anybody can have a platform, but also anybody can have a platform. <laughs> so you have to kind of just go behind the covers, you know, and, and is there proof, right? Have they helped other people? Is there documented results that they've gotten for other people, not just themselves? Because often what you see is the results that they were able to get from themselves is after selling information, taking the money that they got from selling information and then doing the thing that they told everybody else to do. Right. So is there some documented track record of them actually getting the results, right? So me, it's all Googleable, it's all ver- verifiable. So when I even thought about like, selling my firm I was like I don't want to do it because that's the one thing that like keeps me like between like the educators and the experts right and not and not to say that there's anything wrong with educators I think it's phenomenal I think it bridges the gap because everybody's not going to be able to hire an advisor right away but you have to make sure that you're working with somebody who knows what they're doing because there's people who share information it's like hey I find this interesting I'm just sharing it with my audience. That's what I do. Right? Yeah, it's I like, hey, look, information. I don't know, though. Like, the, the Kanye I don't, meme. Don't nobody give me no money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't want it. Hey, I'm doing this. <laughs> it's working for me. Maybe you should try it, but I'm not, you know, I'm just sharing it, mm-hmm. right? Then there's educating. Hey, this worked for me. It might not work for your specific situation, but this is has worked for me, and you can try it. And then there's advising, where I have a track record of helping several people in mm-hmm. different situations get this result, so I can give you specific advice 
relative to your situation. And that comes with yeah. a lot more responsibility. Too, a lot more responsibility. Because if something doesn't work, it's then, on you. Oh, it's yeah, on you. It yeah. is on you. Yeah, my clients, my clients could, could sue me if they wanted. Like if I gave them ill-gotten advice and they lost money or something mm-hmm. like that, like as a fiduciary, they would have the right to sue me. And in 12 years, I've never had a neg- neg- negative complaint, so I'm grateful. How much do financial advisors cost? Like, what's the range for people who are listening and that are like, this yeah. is something I want to do, but can I afford it? Yeah, so um, it depends upon uh, their area of specialty, but it can range anywhere from, let's call it four to $6,000 a year, upwards to 60000 And, th- and when, you th- when you get to 60000 you're talking more like fractional family office where they're like managing you know, your accountant and everybody on your financial mm-hmm. team. But there are some pretty cost-effective financial advisors, and you can also do project-based, right? So maybe you don't want to hire somebody for the full year, but it's like, hey, I'm about to buy this house. Can you go through an exercise with me to make sure that I'm, I got all my ducks in a row? Or, hey, I'm you know, about to get married, and me and my spouse are combining our finances for the first time. Can you help us? And they'll just charge like 250 an hour. So right. I tell people, you can almost like date your financial advisor, right? See if they have an hourly rate, mm-hmm. and that'll give you, an, give you some insight. Could you work with them? Because my clients, I'm working with them, you know, probably until they die. How right? much does it cost to work with you? That's the million dollar question, right? Yeah. Um, but, hopefully. No, no. no. <laughs> it, it, it ranges. Um, it ranges between, on the high end, uh, uh, between like thirty to 40000 a year. But my clients make the money back so quickly. But you have a platform that people can do a monthly. Oh, for sure. Yes, yeah, so educational. that's our educational ecosystem. So I have an educational platform that's probably just as good as some advisors. Um, and it's only $99 a month. Right. I, I have my entire course framework in the platform. We have live classes that we teach, uh, you know, every week. Um, so, yeah, for someone who's just getting started, I think that's a great start is our educational ecosystem. Do you have more stuff in um, like let's just say somebody has some money. People do this to me all the time. They'll mm-hmm. be like, oh, you know, I saved up a hundred thousand dollars and mm-hmm. I want to do something with it. What should I do? And yeah. I'm like, I don't know. Right. But when somebody says that. You know, because it's like you could invest in the stock market. You could mm-hmm. purchase a property depending on where mm-hmm. you are. But I can't tell somebody what they should do. But if somebody came to you yeah. and said that, right, um, you know, what are what are some things you can do if you have uh, some money saved and you're like, I want to do something with it? Like, what are some different suggestions? Yeah, I, I'll give you my, I would say my bread and butter framework that I tell people. So, so the first thing I want to do is like, I want to define what freedom looks like for them. Because investing doesn't matter, right? Um Saving money on taxes doesn't matter. What matters is somewhere in your mind, you've identified an ideal lifestyle that you want, right? I want to live here. I want to help these people. I want to travel here. I want to eat this kind of food. So there's a number we can put to that, right? If we actually sat down, well, how many trips do you want to take a year? Where do you want to go? What kind of car do you want to drive? We could back into a number, and that allows us to figure out your freedom number, right? Once we figure out your freedom number, and then when you want to hit that number, that will then kind of narrow or open up the guardrails on the types of investments that make sense, right? So what I typically, my tried and true strategy is this. I look at the stock market as my bank account alternative, right, for my for my non-essential spending. What I mean by that is for any money that I don't need for day-to-day living or short mm-hmm. or immediate, immediate uh, expenses, mo- most of my money is going to the stock market. Why? Because if you put it in the right type of account, a brokerage account, you can actually borrow against the value of that account and then leverage that to go buy more assets, mm-hmm. right? So you might have heard somebody say like when it comes to insurance, but this is a little bit, for me, it's a little bit more straightforward versus like with the insurance, you gotta go through somebody, you gotta, you gotta hope that they design the policy the right way. Um, but with this, you can literally deposit your money in an investment account, immediately have a line of credit, right, of up to 40% of your portfolio value, and then go use that to go buy cash flow producing assets like real estate, mm-hmm. right? And then if you're still building up to your freedom number and you don't need that cash flow to live because you're still working, you take that cash flow, 
you reinvest it back into the portfolio. So now you're able to essentially triple, right, the timeline to be able to being able to build wealth because you got your portfolio that's already growing at 10 to 20, 30 percent a year. Then you now have this cash flow producing asset that you bought that's still going to appreciate in value. And then you got the cash flow that you were able to reinvest back into your portfolio. It's now able to grow with your original investment. So that's kind of like the okay. Con- condensed See, that's a better answer than I could have yeah. given anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Since you started and now we've um, seen so much more interest of blacks in the stock mm-hmm. market, I want to know what you think have been the biggest mind shifts. But it's also interesting. I was um, doing a report a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. If you look at affluent blacks and affluent whites, yep. both say net worth seven hundred fifty thousand mm-hmm. dollars. The blacks have the majority of their investing in real estate, mm-hmm. and the whites have the majority of their investing in stocks. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that's just because of how blacks feel about real estate. So I want you to talk a little bit about our mindset yeah. and right. what shifts you've seen and where you'd, see, where you'd like to see us go. And to add on to that, I just want to say, I, recently, I can't remember who it was, but somebody was saying, real estate is a waste of money. I don't own a home. Mm-hmm. Um, I forget Probably who was it. Was it Grant Cardone? Yeah, it might have been Grant yeah. Cardone. He was like, I don't own a home. And yeah. I was like, this is weird to me, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Grant Cardone's <laughs> a, little ra- yeah. a little radical. Yeah, that's um, a bit radical. I think that... Uh, people that look like us, um, they like the tangibility of real estate, right? They understand like, real yeah, estate. Yeah, so it's like I'm, I'm literally living in it. It's right here. I can touch it. I can feel it. So it seems more logical um, to invest. Um, the thing about the stock market is it's highly liquid, and it, it's the market's kind of emotional, right? You know, Donald Trump, when he was in office, he could tweet something, and it, it could move the market, right? So people are people feel kind of some type of way about that. It doesn't it doesn't feel real to them. Right. Mm-hmm. But the reality is when you invest in the stock market, you're owning a small piece of companies that you shop with every day. All of us probably in here have iPhones, I hope. If there's any mm-hmm. Android users, you know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't know. But okay. like these are real companies. And if you can understand that now the best CEOs in the world work for me, right? If Tim Cook Tim Cook does good, if Elon Musk, which he, he's a little interesting at times, if he does good, at the end of the day, all I have to do is with no barrier to entry, right, for a few hundred dollars, I can now own a piece of this company, right? Which I think is amazing, and it democratizes wealth building because there are barriers to entry to, to real estate. Not that you shouldn't do it, but there might be someone who has to wait two, three years to get their stuff together before they can buy that property. Right. But you can invest as little as $50 or $100 today. Right. right. You might buy a house and it might take three years for you to even start renovating it. And then it costs a million times more than what you expected. Mm-hmm. Sounds personal, but yeah. it is. Um, Real stories. <laughs> and then passing that house on to the next generation, not right. an easy task at all. Not an easy task at all. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, again, it's not that these things are wrong. They're just you have to understand what comes with it, right? Like, just like the cost of ownership. People think, oh, I want to get into real estate. I see people talking about flipping houses or, okay, okay, cool. But like, do you understand the full scope, Yeah. right? So it's not that these things are right or wrong, but if you do want to pass it down, people throw the term generational wealth out very loosely, mm-hmm. but you can't have, create generational wealth if you don't have a generational wealth plan. Yeah, right? you're leaving somebody taxes, you're leaving somebody right. debt, you're leaving them illiquid. I know in the black community, mm-hmm. We're told our grandparents and everyone were told when you when you've made it you get a house. Mm-hmm. We have that conditioning. Yeah. When you made it, you that get a house. That was my grandfather. Save yeah. your money, buy yeah. a house. And we used I to be and we yeah. used to be property. So mm-hmm. home ownership yeah. has a whole yeah. very very special meaning to us. But I'm you know, so excited to see more people getting into stocks. Yeah. But tell us how you beat Warren Buffett. I got history. <laughs> um, it's actually not that hard. Y- y- y'all ready for this? The, the million dollar strategy. Okay. So all I do is this. I call it the Burger King investment strategy. Right. So McDonald's puts 
thousands and hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars in determining where they want to put their next location, right? All Burger King does is they put it across the street from McDonald's, right? It's like, oh, <laughs> McDonald's already did all the heavy lifting, right? <laughs> so what I mean by that from an investing standpoint is uh, the bi- biggest companies in the world, like, you know, Vanguard, BlackRock, they have analysts who put in tons of research to figure out how to put these ETFs together, these index funds. And that's just a basket of companies, right? So the way I like to mm-hmm. explain it is if you go to a mall, what's a popular mall in New York? Like a big mall here. Oh, um, let me see. What's the one that we don't really have malls like that? That's like Plaza. shop stores. Okay. <laughs> Shout out to King's Plaza. Plaza. So King's Plaza, right? So it has all these stores, I'm assuming. Is there a backstory on King's Plaza? No. Hey, ladies, it's Angela Yee. May is High Blood Pressure Education Month. It's crucial for us, especially as black women, to focus on our heart health. We pour our heart and soul into every aspect of our lives, but often our own health takes a back seat. That's where Release the Pressure comes in. It's all about us, black women, seeing self-care as an essential act of self-preservation. Whether it's for yourself, your family, or our community, your health is invaluable. Let's help get to our goal of 100,000 black women putting their hearts first and learn more about their heart health. Here's how you can join in. Head on over to iHeartRadio.com slash RTP for official rules and a chance to receive a $1,000 gift card to take care of yourself and prioritize your heart health. Let's make our health a priority. Visit iHeartRadio.com slash RTP today. Together, we can make a difference in our health and our lives. Join us and let's take care of our hearts together. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. Oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Oh. It's in Brooklyn, it's, but oh, okay. I feel like New York's not as much of a mall place True. as New Jersey or something like That's that. Fair. I'm like Long in, Island. Uh, Long Penn Island. Station. Isn't that considered a right. mall? True. The 34th Street, Macy's. This is a funny I'm conversation. I'm like, okay. mall. Short Hills Mall is my favorite. Short Hills Mall. Put that out there. Is there okay. a lot of stores in Short Hills Mall? Yes. yes. Okay, okay so, we'll go so, Short Hills Mall. So Short Hills Mall, American right? Dream, that has the most. American Dream. How many stores are American Dream, roughly? Ooh, they have like a whole... Um, 
Yeah. So a lot, probably okay. 500, 600, maybe even more okay. stores, right? Okay, cool. So <laughs> we got we got the image. So okay. if one of those stores closed down, is or two of those stores or four of those stores closed down, is the whole mall going to close down? Mm-mm. No, right? Not at all. That's how that's how an index fund or ETF works, right? If one or two or three or four of the companies don't perform, the index fund is designed to be so diversified with 500 companies, hence the S&P 500, to where it's it's still going to be able to perform decently. Now, there's pros to that, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's not going to fail. But also, there are some losers, right? They probably drag down the overall performance, which is why it averages like 10 or 11%. So where Warren Buffett or somebody might tell you to just invest in an index fund, that's cool. You'll get your 10, 11%. What I like to do is look inside of it and it's like, okay, well, of all these 500 companies, what are the top five to 10? So then I'll have about 50% of my portfolio owning the index fund for diversity and for diversification. And then for the other 50%, I'm picking the top winners, the Apples, the Microsofts, the Googles, Mm -hmm. the Teslas. And so now what happens is I'm what you would call overweight in these uh, really, really well-performing companies. And so that helps me get an outsized return. All that means is it helps me beat the market or beat Warren Buffett. And I've been doing that for the past five to six years. It's a good time to be overweight. Yeah, okay. so the only, the, probably the only time, only time is good to be overweight, right? You know what? It's also yeah. about timing too, right? And yeah. so, and when you buy things, so mm-hmm. cryptocurrency, cryptocurrency, that's been back in the news a lot back lately. Back in the news. And so, what is going on? Because people are like, okay, this is going to be having, this is going to be a great time. Yeah. So I want to hear your thoughts about that because that's something I've never like. I bought a little bit of Bitcoin just yeah. to watch what was going to yeah. happen. Lamar gave us a little bit. Yeah. And like, I, gave y'all, yeah, yeah, he y'all did. People was, give me, giving y'all free. It was fifty dollars. Oh, okay. But okay. it's a good. Way to just kind of like, yeah, yeah, to okay. test it and see what's going on, to watch it go up and down, up yeah. and down. Because that's also when you're watching stuff, it is like, yeah, kind of nerve wracking. Yeah, it's like, nerve wracking every single day. So, yeah. what is about to happen with that? With Bitcoin, I mean, so, or Ethereum, or just Ethereum, crypto in general. Crypto in general. Mm-hmm. I, I look at cryptocurrency. And I was talking a little bit about this on the way over here. I look at cryptocurrency still as you know an alternative asset, right? That you know has a lot of potential. Um, but I think there's still a lot of unknowns. So for me, in my personal portfolio strategy, I only allocate no more than 10% of my portfolio to things that I'm comfortable losing 100% of. Okay. Right. So that's venture capital, that's private equity, uh, Bitcoin, anything like that from an alternative standpoint. So for me, I don't necessarily know I have a prediction on what I think it's going to do. I think that it's it's going if, if BlackRock approves the ETF and they have a really strong approval rating, I think it's going to go up substantially. It could go up to probably uh, all the way up to 100,000 by 2025. Mm-hmm. But nobody knows. If I'm being honest. Like, right. I, I would love to. Well, it's happen. a wild west, though. Yeah. It's like at the beginning. Yeah. A lot of people I'm like talking Early to, internet. Like, you know, we like think just, it's here to stay, but yeah. it's just like when the stock market first started, it's still It's a wild, wild west. Remember everybody was doing NFTs? Oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that. Last, was it 2021? That was crazy. Yeah. It was a crazy time. Yeah. So people Some paying 200000 for for digital monkeys? And those people cashed out. They cashed they, out. They sold those digital monkeys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, some people some people got left holding the bag, as it always goes. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I, I would say, like, have a small percentage of your overall investments and say, you know what? Because I think you still got to get in the game. Because you'll, you'll, you'll be pissed off if, like, Bitcoin does go to 100 and you at 100000 You don't at least own $1,000 right. worth, right? So whatever you're comfortable losing 100% of, I say invest in Maybe our fifty dollars will turn into five thousand dollars. I'm hoping so. <laughs> or if not, we'll call it. I bought I bought Bitcoin for the first time in 2017, and okay. I held on to eighty percent of it ever since. Okay. Up and down, up and now every ri- squeaking back up. Yeah, every ride. <laughs> so we have a lot of entrepreneurs in our audience, mm-hmm. and you just did a podcast called "Getting Big Results in Your Business in 2024." Yeah, spill it. <laughs> How, uh, what do we do? Yeah, yeah I need sh- that help. For sure, for sure, for sure. Okay, so the first thing is like, again, it goes back to like the fi- personal finance, right? Like what 
did you do that went really well, right? You have to audit. Sometimes people get so attracted to the shiny ball, like the next big thing. It's like, well, what's working? And can I double and triple down on what's already working? That's the first thing. The second thing is you have to know your numbers, right? Because if you're looking at your business and something that you would like to do or you enjoy to do, but at the same token, it's not the most profitable, you might have to consider like, does this make sense for me to focus on right now? Right. Versus the thing that has the higher margin and is going to give you, you know, more more results. Right. Then you have to learn how to hire the right people. Right. Like you have to learn how to hire the right people because most founders are not the best CEOs. Here's why. Here's why. Right. The reason why most founders are not the best CEOs is because found and this is myself included, like Ultimately, we are visionaries, right? Like, we want to do all the the next big frontier. We want to take over the world. Already on to the next. Right. Yep. And so a true, a true founder is brand-focused, and a CEO is numbers-focused, right? And so even if you're still the CEO of your business, you need somebody or some people in your business who can keep you, while you're in the clouds, can keep you rooted, right? And making sure that, okay, this is a great idea, but, like, does this make sense for 2024? Right. right. And having that dynamic team. I think everybody needs at least three players on their team. You need somebody who can fly the plane, which is a, the visionary and the CEO, somebody that can take care of the passengers, which makes sure that if you say you, you're, you sell a fragrance that somebody orders it in two days, they actually get it. So they don't call <laughs> you a scammer. Right. Um, and then somebody who can essentially. Uh, so you got taking care of the passengers, flying the plane and then get more people on the plane. Right. Because if you I don't care how big your business is or how great your product is, if you can't get people on the plane. Right. You can't get new customers. Then your business is going to go out of business. A hit song is not made. It's marketed. Right. So you have to be able to figure out how can I get as much awareness as possible for what I do. So that if I have a great product, I can actually sell the thing. And then who is making sure that we are paying attention to what's happening in the world so that our business doesn't become obsolete. Right. A million and a half years ago, it might have even been two million. I interviewed Bill Gates. Oh, really? I was asking him what was the secret to. uh starting a tech company and he was starting it yeah. and he said i don't care what company it is he's like find five people you trust yeah, yeah. and you do and do business with them for the rest of your life he's mm. like i don't care what's the product i don't like or what's the company he's like find yeah. find five people without without team it's, it's yeah. really hard it's really hard yeah and finding those five people is really hard things change mm-hmm. yeah and you know especially if it's your friends oh, or family yeah. Don't hire from proximity. Like, that's a big mistake I made yeah. early on. Like, hiring from proximity. Like, like somebody raises their hand, like, oh, I could help. I could help. Nine times out of ten, your business is going to grow. They're not going to grow at the same rate. Mm-hmm. You got to have that awkward conversation of, like, this doesn't make sense anymore. Like, hire. The, the company has a tax ID number. You have a social, right? The company has needs just like you have needs. And so you have to hire for the company's needs, right, and not try to create roles for people because they're your friends or because you care about them. Because it's just that just it just. Then you have those conversations. You wasn't even qualified for this, but I helped you. <laughs> well, <laughs> then they feel, then they feel entitled. So yeah, it's, that's, that's we do a whole life. episode yeah. on that. Yeah, for sure. Speaking of entrepreneurs who have fragrances and need to smell nice. Hey, <laughs> equity, equity. Tell us about equity. Yeah, yeah. So when I started Melanin Money, so remember I come from the financial advisory background, right? And so when I started Melanin Money, I was like, I don't want to spend money to put uh, to create billboards, right? I was like, I, but I got to figure out <laughs> some way to spark conversations on building wealth, right? So that started with just, simple, you know, what most people do, you know, T-shirts and, and, and strong statements. Like, oh, what does it mean to be a melanin millionaire? What does it mean to be black, brilliant, billionaire in the making? If I've ever seen those shirts, that's my brand. And so I was like, this is cool. And it started to kind of take on its own identity. And people thought that was my main thing. I was like, no, I actually have a whole financial firm, right? 
And so as I continue to build out the product line, I'm just always thinking of ways that will spark conversations of the conversation of building wealth. Oh, what are you wearing? Oh, it's equity. Oh, what's that about? And then it sparks the conversation that this is not just a physical product and there's a whole financial ecosystem behind it um, so that people are now interested and intrigued about building wealth. So that's kind of, so that's where the fragrance idea came from. You know what I wanted to ask you since you brought up Elon Musk earlier? Yeah. And he had um, <laughs> tweeted out, DEI must die. die. Yeah, I saw that. Yes. And so I want to talk about the importance of DEI when it comes to corporations mm-hmm. and the resistance that so many people have to it. Yeah, I think, I think the resistance comes from the fact of like, I mean, put it like this. If you have been in power and the world has been designed in a way to cater to you, and now people want what they consider to be their fair share. Like you're naturally, you just don't want that to happen. Mm-hmm. I think we even see. I think what's her name? I think Ariana. Some Ariana Huffington. No, Simone. Yeah. Uh, she has. She has the Fearless Fund. I think. Oh yeah. You know what oh, I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. She's she's under funded. she's under attack right now, and because they're saying that she, like that fund she, was like only targeting only, only targeting minorities and mm-hmm. women founders, and they feel like that's discrimination. And so it's like I, I <laughs> so feel ridiculous. like it's so crazy, right? I I, I just feel like. Like because of access to information and because people are learning and put because we're growing as a community, other communities feel under attack. Like, oh, my gosh, like they're getting what's rightfully theirs. And we need to find ways to slow that progress. The 400 years of, of, of slowing it down wasn't enough. Right. And so I think that's what we're seeing a lot of that energy from, which lets you know that we probably are doing better than people give us credit for, because. Why are you why so else scared? Do they care? Exactly. Yeah. Why, why else do they care? An animal's most dangerous just before it dies. Mm. with that question but that, I mean it's de- the whole DEI it's yeah. very very complex because yeah. you might have a well-meaning CEO right. but he has managers under him who yeah. their performance reviews is how mm-hmm. much they sold so there are a lot it's uh, very 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 complex stuff but yeah so you're, you're writing your own rules and I know um, you have presents holiday presents you put together a little bundle for yes, our people yes yes absolutely okay. um, so in addition to our equity yeah so <laughs> I wanted to make sure that people could you know start the year off right so i mean it's the end of the year you might feel a little bit guilty about your holiday spending oh yeah, wait t- hold up i do so tell me <laughs> you feel a little guilty about your holiday spending a little bit how do we how deal about with you? that how, how are you feeling about your you holiday spending you know what's so bad is that i was like trying to buy gifts today because yeah. i've been so busy i haven't done any and and i say this and i hate that i've said mm-hmm. this to our listeners so much do not wait till the last minute that's the worst thing you can do yeah. and here i am waiting till the last minute <laughs> waiting till the last minute yeah mm-hmm well, um, a wise man once told me, um, if you didn't bring it bring it with you, you're not gonna find it here, right? So what I mean by that is like, it's it's already happened, right? The year's over. There's no need to beat yourself up off of what already's happened. What we can do is create a plan so that next year we don't put ourselves in the same predicament, right? So I wanted to put together is a few free resources, absolutely free. Um, one is a personal budgeting guide, right? So that if you're trying to create that cash flow plan for 2024, you want to save more, you want to invest more. You got, you got, now we'll have this resource where you can really evaluate your expenses to determine where your money's going to go. I created the same thing for the business as well. So it's a business forecasting blueprint. Mm-hmm. So everybody says, I want to make 100000 or 200000 All right, well, what's the plan, right? What are your expenses? Where do you think the revenue is going to come from? So I created a whole blueprint that people can leverage to kind of forecast, their, forecast out their business revenue. And I added a dividend stock investing guide. So my top 25 recommendations on dividend stocks. All free. This oh, is wow. all free. Wait. All free. Okay. For yeah. our audience. Because we yep. love you. Absolutely. And you text the word freebie, F R E E B I E, to 704-270-6477. Freebie. And you get all that. Absolutely. You get so, those freebies. So that's back to something you said earlier in the podcast is like, 
how do you vet, or maybe you said, how do you vet out people, right? I was like, mm-hmm. my whole thing is if you can't get value from somebody's free information, you definitely shouldn't pay them, <laughs> right? So, like, if the free information that's is like, oh, like, I really didn't get, so, like, if you can't get value from that, then you definitely shouldn't pay them. And it, so. also people oh, have to know true. that it's work right. on your end, too. Oh, for sure. You know, if you're signing up and paying money for something, go get your money's worth and make sure 100%. that you're doing what you're supposed to do and, and going above and beyond. And if you have access to be able mm-hmm. to have one-on-one conversations or sending questions or whatever it is, yeah. like, make sure you use the information. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you have people all the time or you all the time actually, like, what should I do? Or I have this money I want to invest or whatever. Like, have you listened to one episode of Wealthy Wednesdays? Right. <laughs> of the 48 uh, episodes? Like, so sometimes people don't take advantage of the free stuff out of entitlement or whatever. But, like, take advantage of the free yeah, stuff. Yeah, we have a whole Facebook group. I know. Facebook we have group. Wealth Wednesdays. You can't remember those numbers. We are going to say them again. But we're going to put all of his information in Wealth Wednesdays for Entrepreneurs Facebook group. Absolutely. So we'll put the number, the freebie, everything, a picture of equity. Yes, <laughs> grab that. Right, everything. Smell good. Yeah. I am selling that. <laughs> That's not included in the freebie. That's not included okay. in the freebie, <laughs> but it smells good. So. Well, yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us. This was an amazing conversation. Thank you for having me. Thank you, George. Appreciate and we it. can listen to you on Melanin Money. Absolutely. So our YouTube channel is Melanin Money. Our Instagram channel is Melanin Money. Of course, you can follow me personally, George Atchin Pong Jr. You're definitely gonna need to put that He's in the show notes. Spell that you gotta out. spell that. Yeah, because they, they're not gonna be. I'm able not gonna to... start now because she'll make me start. <laughs> they're gonna. Yeah, they're, not, they're probably gonna misspell that one. But yeah, I'm I'm, I'm on you know social media, YouTube, all that jazz so yeah well thank you for being on wealth wednesdays on way up yes it's going to help people as we're all trying to reach our goals absolutely thank you for having me it's angela yee and i love to travel my friends in the u.s virgin islands and i are inviting you to experience their beautiful islands of saint thomas saint Croix, and saint john usvi is literally one of my favorite places if you're traveling from the u.s no passport is required making travel hassle free i love the food the people the culture and the beaches gorgeous add usvi to your vacation list by heading to visit usvi.com that's visit usvi.com usvi naturally in rhythm Hey ladies, it's Angela Yee. As women, we put our hearts into everything. May is High Blood Pressure Education Month, and it's time to focus on our heart health. Release the Pressure wants to help black women look at self-care as an act of self-preservation. During High Blood Pressure Education Month, let's help get to our goal of 100,000 black women putting their hearts first and learn more about their heart health. Visit iHeartRadio.com RTP for official rules and a chance to receive a $1,000 gift card to take care of yourself and prioritize your heart health. That's iHeartRadio.com RTP. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elia Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.